0: Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun, food-and-drink-focused podcast um, brought to you by San Diego Magazine. I'm Erin Chambers-Smith with the magazine. We've got Troy Johnson, our food critic, uh, here, as well as Lauren Winget, who does all the social media. If you follow us on Insta, that's her, as well as all the other content from the editors. Um, And we're actually taping from Kashi today, if you didn't know kashi was started in san diego and still is run out of san diego the headquarters are right here in solana beach so we're in their Mm -hmm. kitchen um everyone's coming in for lunch it's a very bustling sort of beautiful spot and we are going to talk about all things food and drink uh in san diego we have a great show we're going to talk with our friends from kashi here coming up Uh, we always start our show though with hot plates sort of newsy things happening on the restaurant scene and then we have a great special guest we have sitting right next to me right now the godmother of san diego's beer scene uh (laughs) gina marsaglia marsaglia Marcella. 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 silent yeah. G. It, yeah, Okay, it silent it all. G. Um, she's the CEO of Pizza Port Brewing Company. We're going to go in-depth
1: with her. CEO uh,
2: sounds so official. It is. I know. Do you do enough official stuff? I'd like to think of you just like, you know, slinging pizzas and making beer.
1: I like a balance. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, and then we are we ha- we have a fiery hot topic this week. There was a study that came out, or or an article in Gothamist, mm-hmm. um, talking about sort of uh, one assessment of the rise to fifteen dollars, the minimum wages rise to fifteen dollars. Um, there was a study, or somebody assessed sort of. The effects of that that have happened in New York City. Um, everybody claimed that
2: restaurants were going to die. And this study, um, which I will point out some major issues with when we get to it, says that it has not affected restaurants, and restaurants are thriving under the new $15 so minimum wage. Calm down. And uh, and yeah, we'll talk about why this may not be totally, totally accurate.
3: So stay tuned for that. Um, but we will start off. Wing it. Take it away with hot plate. Yes. All right. So news from the South Bay. Um, Aqui es Texococo, the lamb barbacoa restaurant in Chula Vista that was featured on Andrew Zimmer's travel channel so- show has moved to a new location. They've expanded into a bigger space just a mile down the road there on H. Uh, the owners also opened a new concept in the former former location called Di Cabeza. The restaurant specializes in a beef stew that's from Mexico states of Sonol. Sinaloa and Sonora. <laughs> Marie, can we just talk about American restaurants all day? <laughs> that uses all parts of a cow's head. What? <laughs> okay, I'm lost. <laughs> no other restaurant in San Diego serving this soup with a cow's head from Sonora or Sinaloa. They also have tacos, quesadillas, and skillets.
2: Okay. Th- I got through it. A few things. There, you did get through it. And I was, I, I really, my heart was going out to you for <laughs> sure. I mean, the, yeah, here's, there are a few things about this news. Um, one it. is that um, Lauren Winget uh, pronounced it a qui. Which, a key? A key.
3: key. 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 Like Q U I?
2: A key. key. No, but it's Espanol.
3: key it's okay. It's
2: okay. Aquee, I even spelled it out of my phone. I love you so much. I love you, South Park. You're the best. But B, Akias text Coco is I. My 40th birthday, or excuse me, a friend of mine's 40th birthday. We took a car around to some of our favorite restaurants in San Diego years ago, and we just you know rented a car. We had wine in the back, and a text Coco was on one of them. You know, it just was in this tiny little mall, which is now now has moved, obviously. But they have lamb barbacoa done in like the traditional um, Mexican rancher style mm-hmm. it is some of the best lamb barbecue I've ever had and it's just yeah, juicy it was amazing. a massive pot where they actually have the head in there too which I mean you should use the entire animal that may sound gross but I mean it, we shouldn't just eat the sexy cuts at all we should be using the entire thing right? you know so they use the head in there and it's traditionally done it's just one of the best Mexican restaurants around
3: excellent well we're excited for their expansion and all the things that they're doing down there (laughs) (laughs) and we have some north county news that we got from the friends of palomar mountain park there won't be an apple festival this year it's been postponed until 2020 uh basically influencers ruined it and instagram yeah which Sorry. Uh, the festival started in 2012 to celebrate the 100-year apple orchards that are in the state park. And over the last couple of years, the event grew so much in popularity and postularity, posting popular that oh, the community wow. felt that the park can't. Oh, handle... Oh, you just made up for it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> felt that the park can't handle. She the knows number how to speak Insta, man. <laughs> That's <She does. laughs> coming. Oh
2: my God! It's like <laughs> Esperanto or all made-up language. That's amazing.
3: <laughs> no big deal. So yeah. So apparently the it's. Officially overgrammed, so they're canceling the yeah. event this year to work out issues like parking, traffic, and safety issues.
2: Instagram killed an Apple festival. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most millennial <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life.
3: I want to be careful,
0: though, because I think I sent you this press release, or maybe you all got it, but I want to be careful to note that this isn't the Julian Apple Days thing. No. This no. is Palomar Mountain mm-hmm. State mm-hmm. Park. Yeah, has Because Julian Apple Days has been around way longer than right. 15 yes. years, and I don't know what's happening with that. I'm not no. talking about that, but
1: I'm this sh- is the
3: Palomar Mountain thing. They were not prepared. Julian is way more prepared. They've got lines. But things like that have been closing. All of Daffodil Fields in Northern California had to close because so many people wanted to go, you know, get their pictures and do fall and the pumpkin patches and the poppies and the wildflowers. I definitely Basically, take my kids to Julian apple days with
0: sunscreen and tank tops, and we sweat it out. And it is so hot and not fall. But and not we fall. do it. You
2: know, I, I I'm not going to jump on you know millennials. I'm not the man like you know pulling millennials down in the bucket. As it millennials? To get out. It's
3: just Instagrammers.
2: Instagram uh, was admitted by millennials. <laughs> and used, and used <laughs> almost exclusively by millennials. But the uh, but Instagram is amazing. I mean, it has it has oh, yeah. it, you know propelled. Restaurants and small businesses to success. You Hi, know, magazines. It's like magazines. saved our butts. Yeah, it it's has, also
3: giving me a job. I know, yes. right? I mean, it, Lauren
2: Winchett is in charge of our Instagram. She has an amazing job. I mean, our stories have made it out, you know, in ways that we never thought were imaginable, and, and you know, and connecting. But yeah. it has. We have to think about. There's a lot of things that's ruining too. You know, in, yeah. any, with any good thing, you're going to bulldoze a few things. That Apple Festival is one of them. You know, the four apple farmers are like, you know, too many people came and took photos, and we got to stop. Oh, what the hell
3: <laughs> oh so that's it all the food news from yeah. from me today. that is it okay you guys we call it hot plates it's
0: in your san diego magazine print issues every month that come to your mailbox if you don't get them delivered you should san diego M, sorry excuse me sdmag.com insiders is where you can find out about that um we have kind of a souped up subscription program these days and you get all kinds of fun stuff along with your magazine you can also get it at jimbo sprouts whole foods all those places as well Um, And we are moving on. We're going to hear from our friends at Kashi and then the godmother of San Diego's beer scene. Of course, that is right on the flip side of this great shout out to Padres Baseball. Padres Baseball has been happening in San Diego for 50 years and is part of a season-long sponsorship. uh, And and really more than a sponsorship. It's really a partnership. Um, We are counting down our 50 favorite things to eat at Petco Park. Uh, We are in the Sweet Treats. Resident Brewing Vacation Coconut. What is that? That's a beer. Mm, that's
2: a beer. Resident. Okay. Brewing a dessert co- beer.
0: We are in. We are still in the sweet treats category. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess here is a sweet treats beer for you. Resident Brewing Vacation Coconut. That sounds very sweet. Have you had it?
2: It's a dessert in a glass. Ooh, yeah. yum.
0: Okay, and then also we want to remind you about the wines at the park by Donovan's. Okay, this is a game changer. Have you found this? This no. is ECS's hack to okay. the perfect day at Petco. It's the best. So there's a Donovan's thingy at the Padres at the ballpark.
2: I love Donovan's thingies. It's
0: <laughs> you go in and it kind of <laughs> looks like a little tiny little Donovan's bar. They have the regular Donovan's wine list. You buy any bottle you want. They cork it, pour the whole bottle in a plastic carafe, and give you as many glasses as you want, and you walk back to your seat. What? Best thing. I mean, honestly, it's the only drink you can buy at the Padres. That's You know, you have a two-beer limit? No, you can walk out with a whole bottle of wine and as many little plastic Padres glasses as you want. It's the
2: best. How to make the score not matter. You know (laughs) what I mean? That's fantastic.
0: It's really cool. I don't know where it's located, but I always end up finding it, so...
2: I I love that you don't know where it's located and you've always found it. (laughs) Um, Magnetic force. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's
1: pretty genius. I love
0: it. As I'm walking, people are saying, where did you get that? I'm pointing. I'm doing signage. It's great. Uh, Padres.com is where you guys can get tickets. uh, And go Padres. 50 years of baseball in San Diego. All right, you guys. We're thrilled to be sponsored this week by Kashi. We're up here in Solana Beach. Uh, In case you didn't know, Kashi is both founded here in San Diego and also still run from um, their Solana Beach headquarters today. Very cool modern space. They have a huge kitchen up here we've been taping. Uh, a couple of episodes here, and we are thrilled to have Jeannie Wilson, Kashi's marketing director, joining us. Um, She's been a leader in the Kashi organization for nearly 10 years, um, so has a lot of history with the company, but also been involved in rebranding and some of the newer products coming out of Kashi, the Kashi Go Lean and the Kashi Go brands. Um, Yeah, and we're excited to talk to you about some of those today. So talk a little bit about what the Kashi Go Lean rebrand and the Kashi Go brands are versus what some of the more legacy products are.
4: Yeah, so... Kashi Go Lean, uh, we launched that in 1999, and it, it was the first protein cereal to hit the market. And it's still a leader today. It's the biggest protein cereal in America, it's Mm -hmm. like what we'd like to say. And highly popular because it's, you know, protein's relevant. People want more satisfying sustenance in their morning. So to get, you know, give them the energy they need. So this cereal has been, you know, quite popular for us. And as you you can see on our shelves there, we've got quite a portfolio of, of different flavors. Um, you know, and everything from peanut butter to chocolate to cinnamon. It's, its you know, choose choose your flavor and go for it, right? So we're really excited, though. But I think, you know, in the last year, um, we're excited to an- announce that we've rebranded from Goline to Go. And the reason why we did this was really because we were talking more and more to consumers. And the, a lot of research done about how people are thinking about, healthy living and their lifestyle, and it definitely wasn't about diet or managing their weight. It's much more about you know healthy eating and just living mind, body, and wellness. So the word go, Kashi go, is much more reflective of, of their values as well as ours. Hmm. Um, we're inspiring people to get out and do more of what they love. Um, you know, and we've, we've paired go with unique words like rise, crush, love, wander, to inspire people to, to really think about what they wanna get after that day. And so, um, and obviously our, our powerful sustenance helps them achieve that and achieve their goals. Nice.
2: So. And you guys have certified certified transitional, which helps farms to transition yeah. over to organic. We, we've we spoken about it a ton. You know, how it, some farmers yeah. opt not to do it because it's too expensive for them. You know, the certification is, is a, a tough process. Yeah. You know, and how tough is it? How do you guys help them?
4: Yeah. You know, this program we launched in, I believe it was 2016 and you know, it was based on an insight of, you know, a couple of the marketing, you know, team members went out to visit a farm. And you were talking about those struggles of, of why don't you just convert to organic? Come on, get after it. You know, you don't want to be spraying a bunch of pesticides on your crops and, you know, raising food in an unsustainable way. And they're like, it's hard. This is hard work. And it's very, you know, time intensive, investment intensive. And so sort of click, click, click. A lot of things happen in our minds of we can help. Mm-hmm. We can help bridge that gap in those huh. three years. It mm-hmm. takes three years for them to uh, get certified organic, but they ha- during those three years, they have to be practicing organic. Mm-hmm. So they're making the investment without, without the reward. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting, uh, so yeah. you're doing it without being able to put it on your products mm-hmm. or sell it to your, to your buyers for they, three years. Exactly, huh. exactly. So we want to be a brand that creates a market for mm-hmm. this transitional period. And to show that farmers are doing this, support them, and we're supporting them, obviously by giving them a a premium that helps you know farmers get get through it. And so we've we've you know I think funded over two million dollars in premiums to farmers, which is really exciting. Nice. Um, And but it's only the tip of the spear, like the tip of the iceberg. There's just so much more to do. There's less less than one percent of farmland is organic. Isn't that incredible? We wow. think you think oh twenty percent, fifteen percent, like at like least half of Whole Foods is yeah. organic. Yeah, I know. I mean, it it's like, like we live in this like artificial like, that, yeah. like a hub of you know everything's organic now, right? No, mm-hmm. right? No, it's not. And so we we saw a clear role for Kashi to play as a leader in the natural organic space to change things, and mm-hmm. that's we love changing. I, well, I know, love that because yeah. you know, I do know a lot of
2: farmers that, you know, A, it is tough for them because once they, if they're making that transition, putting in all the work, putting in all the time, you know, and they can't sell it, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big risk, especially mm-hmm. for farmers who are not necessarily making billions of dollars and, you know, we're yeah. working a very sure, right. you know, um, uh, business model these days. I mean, it's tough to be a farmer, totally. you know, and not being okay. able to have that certification, giving them a transitional certification. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. um Well, I want to encourage everyone listening to look for Kashi at events. I know you guys are out and about. and the community, right? A lot of endurance yeah. events, a lot of, you know, 5K's health and fitness mm-hmm. stuff, right? That sort of has roots in the way the company was founded. Absolutely,
3: yep. So And, and our San Diego Magazine events. I know, well,
0: that's the thing. I, I You guys have been, you know, great mm. about coming at our, to our events and giving out samples, and I've heard lots of people at the event say, wait, what, you're in San Diego? Just like you were saying, a lot of people don't know I that don't the know. company started here and is still here. Yeah, yeah,
4: and we plan to stay. So it's, it's you know, we have so much more to, to get after in the community and, and help people again, live their best lives out mm-hmm. you know out in the San Diego environment. So and but also let that ripple out too into other communities and across the US. Uh, we we look at Kashi as you know, we're, we're, we're a small, you know, entrepreneurial company, but we have scale, which is, which is great. And we, we want to make, you know, natural organic living more accessible to more and more people. You know, awesome. Say, well, so happy I, birthday. I yeah. know. I 35 know. years. Um, Do you get to
0: eat? Um, do you get unlimited cereal access to if you work here? Oh Can my, you eat oh, absolutely. as much as you want? Absolutely. Whenever you want.
4: <laughs> 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 Everything, you know, basically in the kitchen is, you know, is free for all you know you just enjoy and indulge whenever you'd like
2: I'm yeah. casually hand, handing you my resume yeah. <laughs> yeah. just casually we, we
4: would love taster, for you to come tester. critique some of our products yeah. fantastic <laughs> this sounds Do like a, blind a take, great see day see if you can tell the, yeah. the difference okay I,
0: <laughs> thank you so much Jeannie Wilson Um, you guys go to saniegomagazine.com because we will link um, to Kashi uh, as well as to this episode's post and then you can go to IGTV as well to see um, all the things we filmed for this episode thanks so, so much nice. thank you Thanks. All right, you guys. We have the godmother of San Diego's beer scene with us. We have Gina Marsalia. Did I get it right that Yes, time? perfect. Gina Marsalia, I'm the CEO of Pizza Port Brewing. Uh, She and her brother, Vince, founded the first Pizza Port location right here in Solana Beach in 1987, um, not too far from where we are at Kashi today. Uh, After they opened Pizza Port, Vince started brewing beer in one of the restaurant storage units just for fun, but all their friends said the beer he was making was really good, and then they should sell it. In 1992, uh, they started serving their own craft beer at the pub, and then the rest is history. Today, there are five, five Pizza Port locations throughout San Diego, and their beers have won over 90 awards at the Great American Beer Festival.
1: What a story. I want to start with
2: a scientific question. What makes your beer so damn good? It is some of the best beer. I mean, it it always has been. You know, I mean, why?
1: We always say it's easy to make beer, but it's hard to make good beer. But Mm -hmm. a lot of it is the process, the scientific temperature, and it's also an art form, so... I don't know. I think a lot of people make a lot of great beer, though. So when your I brother sh-
2: started doing it in, in your basement, you know, actually, that sounds wrong. Um, but, you know, we started like, you know, just like tinkering. Did you think you're like, oh, come on, let's stick to pizza. We've got all these surfers that come in, me, myself included, because when I was a kid, I would go surf in Solana Beach and then I would go to the Solana Beach location. All those picnic tables and those beer butts yeah. and the pizza, the surf videos on the wall. It's a really special place for me. But did you think that it was really going to work, the beer?
1: I don't know. It was just an extreme hobby that became more and more of a passion over time. But when we used to deliver pizzas, we delivered to the hot dog on a stick uh, corporate offices and Mm -hmm. they had all those hot dog on a stick lemonade, the plastic containers. And we thought those are going to make perfect little Fermenters, so no, that's you, what we used for in the beginning. And wait, wait, wait! Uh, I'm com- wait. What is that? So
2: hot dog on a stick. They have those like you know lemonade, lemonade like containers. Serving like yeah, they they do their own lemonade in that oh, glass yeah, enclosure. Yeah, oh,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. So And that's, that's what, what you did. The beer. In? That's what we yeah we were we were really good friends with them. And you should do a beer and, on a stick. You know wow, what I mean? And should. should be like. You or, did, or hot dogs in yeah. our beer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something. We can get creative. That's <laughs> what so the best part Just about beer. Just can
3: on a stick. Just kind of wrap it around the <laughs> skewer. It says
0: a lot about I've your pizza vision. if you're delivering it to other fast, casual <laughs> snack people that could eat their own hot dogs. Uh, absolutely. Oh, ordering hot your hot pizza. a <laughs> <is> fast, casual. A <laughs> <laughs> well, lot of yeah, trades yeah, yeah. in
1: this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Tell, give me your creation story. Tell us a little bit about Pizza Port. And how get it get started.
1: Okay. Well, we I was going to school at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and I really wanted to be in Southern California and I found a little sleepy pizza place that was for sale and ended up leaving college right before I graduated. I just, I didn't write my dissertation and I found a better escape in opening a pizza restaurant. I felt like it was more of an opening because it was a little sleepy town and a failing business. So we basically took it over and turned it around Mm -hmm. and, uh,
2: and so that was Solana Beach, right? Was that not Solana Beach? Yes, okay. and
1: not many people know this story, and I haven't shared it most. Please. But since I'm in my hometown, and yes. I'm so close yes. to the raw beginning, and I'm feeling vulnerable and uh, <laughs> not proud, but oh, whoa, I'm excited. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, we actually, when I took it over, we slept in the restaurant for. Th- I didn't leave the building for three months. I no. literally, oh. opened the door for many reasons: money and I, also mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Didn't have it to find a place, and there was so much to do. We had to make menu boards and. Clean. I just felt like I was, I, I didn't have time to go anywhere. So I literally did not leave the building for three months. And I remember it was time to paint and I got my bike and I was like, I'm going to ride to the paint store. And I rode one, one step out the door and I brought my bike back in and I said, I don't need my bike. It's the paint store is right next door. I hadn't <laughs> seen daylight for three months wow. other than out the window. No so way it was uh i don't think about it you know when you're when and you're doing something you don't think about it at the time and but. were
2: you i mean was it was it successful or did you really struggle out the gates
1: well we had zero overhead pretty much besides okay. uh, the electricity and And uh, so, yeah, we struggled. And I remember even buying the first can opener that could open enough. It was $50. And I had to do the math for the return on the investment, how many cans we had to open to afford this $50 can opener. So, yeah, we slept on a mattress. And when I think about it, not many people know, but there were probably those drivers that had the key drop deliveries that would dolly passed me in the morning and while I'd be sleeping on the mattress and like delivering
0: your tomato cans or your
1: flour there weren't very many vendors that did that at the (laughs) time but yeah when I think back I'm like he must have thought we were crazy because we'd stay up till like two in the morning servicing the belly up customers and then they'd get there at six in the morning and we'd still be sleeping like we don't open till 10 so what are you doing here this early totally different way of life and doesn't even seem real now but it's real funny now
2: that's amazing wow. that, that's what you have that. to do when you're starting a <laughs> business if you have yeah. no money you're in college you're just like let's open this oh god I'm broke you know <laughs> I'm gonna sleep underneath that table was it underneath the table where was the air mattress
1: it was just in the back area where the brewery now exists because okay. it wasn't a brewery then and uh
2: did it smell like like double zero flour? did it smell no like- no there
1: seemed like a lot of room at the time because we had so few customers then that <laughs> there was a lot of spare room there and uh, you know 1200 square feet we were yeah. only using about seating capacity of maybe 500 of it and wow. the rest we were shaping surfboards and making beer and sleeping in the back you were shaping surfboards back there sort of just repairing dings and that's amazing and, uh,
2: Nice. Did you get any fiberglass in the pizza? Uh,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we weren't making the health department very happy at the time, though, but there's got to be it a statute be of limitations here. There's got to be,
2: absolutely. <laughs> no. what was the turning point for you guys? I mean, I mean you've mentioned the belly up, because if you know Pizza Point and Port and Solana Beach, it's you know, within walking distance of the belly up, and uh-huh. you know, it, it, there wasn't that many restaurants around there at, the, at that time. You know, I mean, was that that late night crowd that really helped you, or what was it?
1: Gosh, I think... Before we added the brewery it was just gradual organic growth and which has kind of been our philosophy for the last since we opened 30 some years ago but I do think that when we added the brewery it was a complete game changer. It went from overnight to all of a sudden we were so busy I didn't even know what to do every day. Wow and
3: how would you describe your pizza? Like what is it? What kind is it? What can people expect?
1: I used to call it California style until California Pizza Kitchen opened because it's so drastically different, but Mm -hmm. I still think it's, uh, I still want to call it that.
2: Why? Because you're putting veggies on it and weird stuff?
1: Not that weird, but... It's, you know, it's not deep dish. It's nope. not New York style. It's not, but you can right. you can kind of make a pizza anything you want it to be, though. Right. You, yeah. So it's... It's like Southern California style. Yeah, It's pizza. just there a food go. frisbee. <laughs> F- fill it with whatever you want. You know? <laughs> Do you
0: remember the time when the beer eclipsed the pizza in terms of sales and business and you realized, wow, we're really going to be a brewery be- now yeah. and the pizza is just sort of...
1: Eclipsed it in passion or numbers? Numbers. numbers has it or no? Uh, numbers, yeah. no. No, we're still like definitely on a food 65 the f- furthest we ever get to being close to meeting even 5050 yeah. mm-hmm. is 65 food and 35 beer if you don't count the distributed well brand. that's what I mean it's more yeah. just like
0: when the beer just sales in general
1: that piece yeah. of the business yeah we keep a separate P l on all of that so yeah. the uh, the distributed brand is definitely. Exceeded since we opened Bressy six years ago. Mm -hmm.
2: And what about in terms of the craft beer scene? I mean, obviously we've seen the slowing of growth, you Mm -hmm. know, um, but it's it's still it's still growing. Mm -hmm. It's still going up. You know, what people have been talking about. Oh, you know, craft beer sales are slowing down. Do you think? Do you see that um, being true? And what do you see for you know how? Why is it slowing down? And what's the way forward?
1: I mean, a lot of reasons. Supply and demand. There's mm-hmm. so many more breweries making really good beer. There's limited shelf space, yeah. and and uh, the consumer also.
2: Yeah. I mean, what about, I mean, what was a big moment for you guys with the beer, too? I mean, what made I like, first great beer, um, the Great American Beer Festival Award? Uh, was it your first award? Was it, you know, what was the breakthrough on that No,
1: time? I mean, we love Great American be- Beer Festival. Yeah. We love the awards, and, I mean, that's yeah. an old statistic. I think we're at, like, 138 awards oh, wow. now. <laughs> right. But uh, not to brag, because I'm giving our <laughs> brewers all the credit. They, yeah. They're the ones that make it yeah. happen. But... Uh,
2: what was, like, that turning moment for you and the beer?
1: It's not the awards. I mean, it's fun yeah. to win awards, but that's not really what sells the beer because I think the beer enthusiast is different than your, your, market and, and the also grocery store buyer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, unless some people put it on their, their the logo on there that it's a gold medal winning beer. But I, uh, I don't know. I think that for us, it's just been a lot through events and distribution mm-hmm. and contacts and just being around for so long that. That, uh, and we're super fun too. <laughs>
2: and do you drink beer?
1: <laughs> I love beer. Okay, nice. What's your favorite? Swamis. Everyone, okay. oh, uh, so everyone knows is good. Everyone knows that, and we re, we reinvented that recipe just because I thought that that was one of our. That's the first IPA we ever brewed, and we needed to update the recipe based on consumer likes and. And uh, instead of it being a little bit more malty and dark, now IPAs are grapefruity and citrusy and lighter in color. And so we we recreated the recipe, but we definitely. Uh, How long has that been out? Since '92. The, the, re- the new recipe. Wow. Oh, since we started brewing it at Bressy, so around six years.
2: Okay, I love that new recipe. To be quite mm-hmm. honestly, I think it was a great move. Thanks. Yeah. I love it too. A, a little bit juicier, a little <laughs> bit lighter. And it has yeah. changed, you know, I mean, a, a craft beer, when it first came out, it was like drinking a pine tree, you know, or drinking like a, you know, a, f- a flower filled full of pot, you know right. I mean? It was just, it, it was yeah. just so, you know, like hoppy and everything else, you know, we, and we didn't really appreciate the nuances and some of the lighter flavors that you could get. I get it. Yeah. Is it
1: the best selling beer? What's your best selling beer sort of overall? overall swamis and then in different markets in arizona chronic is more popular and so those two are neck and neck on sales okay. we always compare and it's different from package to draft but those are the two top but one we just released is california honey which has okay. surprised me beyond i thought it would be doing okay but it hit the market pretty hard huh
3: so nice that's kind of fun
1: and so how many states beer.
0: can people get your beer in now
1: Right now, for the Pizza Port brand, three states, California, Nevada, and Arizona. Arizona. Okay. And then Port Lost Abbey is all different. We have 14 different markets for that, Mm -hmm. but different and totally different style. So cool.
2: I love Port Lost Abbey. I got to say, I mean, I love Pizza Port. Yeah, I mean, I love the port, Port Lost Abbey.
1: Mm, that's it's fun writer. we get to do all the wacky crazy creative mm-hmm. non-traditional things for Lost Abbey absolutely so. do
0: you still have regulars in Solana Beach that have been coming since
1: you opened do you have like that core set of super fans oh yes thanks Ross and Dan if you're out yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> those probably are the two people that I see the most but it is fun there's always someone I see yeah. and that's the whenever I go to a belly up show it's the fun part is walking in and hoping that I see someone that's been coming there right. for over three decades. Well, and now Carlsbad, Solana Beach and Snooze. I mean, it's so different than it was 30
0: years ago. I mean, there's just so much and so many young families and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. How how have you seen Solana Beach change?
1: Solana Beach. Well, when they revamped highway one Oh one, that was kind of uh, confusing. It almost seemed like they did it exactly opposite because it's so hard to back out of those spots now, but it does create more parking. But I think the racetrack has evolved a lot Mm -hmm. in different events and, just the traffic that goes there in the clientele and the fact that you can hop on a double-decker bus and ride over to the track and you can take beer on the bus so Mm -hmm. we definitely have had fun with that partnership with the track
2: awesome awesome
1: all right do we want to get into this
0: hot topic troy okay so uh, a recent article from gothamist which is a new um, york-based site Uh, Despite this is a quote despite apocalyptic warnings from restaurateurs that a $15 minimum wage would ruin business a new study suggests that higher earnings for employees haven't actually hurt the hospitality industry in fact the city's eateries overall are quote thriving Um, the study that Gotham has cited uh, says that New York's restaurant industry witnessed a strong economic expansion as the wages grew between 2013 and 2018 and then the restaurant scene overall is doing better compared to 12 other cities that have not yet done the minimum wage hike.
2: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Troy has
0: thoughts. I think it's a great, I I like that someone's, I like that this is a, it's now a follow up because remember Mm -hmm. it was a, it was like a what if for so long Mm -hmm. and now it's happened in some of these leading cities and now we're following up.
2: Yeah. now here's the thing I have to say about this and I've spoken with restaurant you know for years about this hike in minimum wage you know um, and I support a living wage I support a, a minimum wage that you know people can make, make a living in San Diego you know what I went up against kind of famously is that uh, you know I I didn't agree on the the um, increase in minimum wage for tipped employees who are already making twenty 30 forty dollars an hour I thought those that money should not go to them it should go to the back of the house they, they're already making enough money and in they
0: the house. couldn't do a carve out
2: yeah and they couldn't do a carve out for that um, my thing with this is that a I think there's a few problems with this study. Um, the study is a New York is doing really well right now. The economy is awesome right now. I think this study is done in, an, in a great American economy. I think that's one thing. It's two, New York is a food city. I mean, they don't have kitchens in their homes. You've got to, You don't. Have, you have gro- jokes of grocery stores. You know, are you really going to take a bag of groceries and go up to your nine-story walk-up? You know, you're going to go to a restaurant. So they basically outsource their meals. So New York is always going to thrive in restaurants. And the third about this is that the people that conducted the study are the national employment law project and their motto is to fight for policies to create good jobs expand access to work and strengthen protections and support for low-wage workers not that is an amazing amazing goal but do you think that if they did a study that didn't show <laughs> that increasing minimum wage d- w- was thriving for restaurants these guys right. would these guys obviously have a mission to accomplish totally. you got to look into who's doing the studies and these people yeah, are yeah always look at
0: who's funding the studies is, yeah. is funding, so what their motive yeah might.
2: this is this is basically somebody somebody's fought for the raise of minimum wage forever yeah, and like now they're the like, like and NYU now it's doing great yeah. yeah it so. wasn't
0: sort of an impartial university study i or can't li-
2: i can't listen to the study it's to me it's totally invalid um, you know and it has no meaning mm-hmm. on anything and but I am looking forward to more um,
1: studies. More follow-ups.
2: Yeah. And real quick to you, Gina. I mean, you've seen the minimum wage mm-hmm. increase. I mean, has it hurt your business? Have you had to cut back? Or what are you...
1: It's just a matter of every time it happens, we either raise our beer or our pizza prices. And, we, you know, that's what is interesting, though, as I see on it so many of the menus that don't want to have to rebrand and mm-hmm. reprint all their menus or menu boards. I mean, for us, it's a $20,000 proposition when we have to print menu boards for all five stores. Right. So. Right that's the does it make sense to raise our prices and how long before the next phrase right. comes along that we're going to have to adjust it to compensate as well but but i see a lot of companies that just put surcharge on the bottom of mm-hmm. the checks and i know for a lot of my friends it doesn't that chaps them a lot it chaps them to, a lot yeah yeah they'd rather just have the price be the price than add yeah the charge to the check but mm-hmm. i don't know what's the
2: yeah, I mean, look, I'm all for minimum wage. And I want people to make make a lot of money. I especially want that money going in the back of the house of so the people that deliver uh, that really, you know, deserve deserve a wage. and get mm-hmm. underpaid at the dishwashers, the cooks, and everything else. Um, but you know, I, I think that it's hurting restaurants. I have seen this. I've seen it firsthand. I've talked to restaurateurs firsthand that they're like, look, that is going to add significantly to my bottom line. And restaurateurs are not naturally intensely rich people. You know, a lot of them are struggling on the line. You know, and to push them up when their servers are already making um, tips and not counting those tips as wages is a pretty unfair business practice in my opinion
0: um before we get going i know i'm glad i, I knew you wanted to sound off, sound okay, off yes. on that. i think it's <laughs> good um before we get we're almost out of time for this show but i want to know what's next repeat support what's new can you reveal anything to us is there another location planned or you have a new beer coming out or what's well, spill it what's well, next
1: our continued growth and distribution is always happening because mm-hmm. there's always room for improvement in other markets we can go into but probably the newest thing that's not a huge surprise because we've had the building for almost a year but we're opening another place in imperial beach yeah awesome Where in imperial beach it's uh by the water it's close like a block from the water awesome nice eventually we haven't determined if we're going to exactly model it like a pizza port Mm -hmm. maybe a new concept uh, but it's such an amazing city. I can't even wait. We've been looking down there for years and years, so we finally—so much opportunity. Are, yeah. Uh, What's seven. your
3: opening ETA?
1: Oh gosh, we don't have <laughs> one. Fall no. 2020. I we're in the it. survey. So yeah. Survey nice. just. You're concepting. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. All
0: right. <laughs> okay, you guys, we're just about out of time. I want to say thanks again to Kashi for uh, for hosting us today. It's a very very cool spot, cool kitchen up here. Uh, and thanks again to Gina for joining us and giving us Thank a little bit you about so your much. story. Thank you so much. You guys fun. are awesome. Hang around with us and tell us where you eat whenever that's not a pizza port, whenever you're not, when you're done with pizza, where do you go? Um, we call it Two People, 50 bucks. Uh, it's our small bite segment where wherever we have been personally eating and drinking lately. So where do you go when you're
1: off Personally, the for under $50, is it a liquid dinner? or sure. a, doesn't count no. whatever you <laughs> We just like to know your spot. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, well, Sushi Coochie is okay. probably... It's to stop what <laughs> sushi coochie. Got it. And yeah. it's, I'm not pronouncing it wrong. I don't think oh, I could be wow. wrong, but <laughs> okay, that is one of our favorite spots. But uh, where is it? It's so they have four locations, and I'm not plugging them or anything. But the That's one okay, we go no, to is, is in Carlsbad. But That's I figured right. it would be applicable because there's four locations in within San Diego County, so they have a great happy hour and certain menu items that you can get for really cheap. But when you say $50, that's kind of hard to do. I really had to stop and think. But Anywhere with nachos—that's yeah. a value-based item. You can strategically eat nachos as a meal between two people and have beverages. Absolutely, and it's a rough
3: fifty. Sometimes it's well, two people, two hundred dollars. Yeah, Some people, no. it's
1: and we should,
0: we should always know. Yeah. We we say two people fifty bucks, not including alcohol. So yeah, just right. your yes. food is going to be oh, okay. you know because right. there's a lot of people that don't drink these days. I don't mm-hmm. get it. But uh, okay, how about you wing it? Where have you been lately? I
3: went over to Coronado, which kind of feels like a world away, but is actually pretty close by to Little Frenchie. It's a Blue Bridge hospitality oh, concept. Yeah
2: first concept run by Matt who you own urban solace
3: it is very cute little Parisian bistro uh, I had the mussels; they were delicious I took uh, I went with one of our account executives Jim Ely and I actually ended up taking half of his sandwich because that was really good it was a G B and J and it's literally like a brie and like berry compote Ooh, yeah. um, grilled cheese with these like, big thick bread and that was amazing super mm. cute place easy for lunch Adorable, also get a grilled cheese sandwich. Take Jim's with Jim. (laughs) <laughs> sounds
1: good I'm two
2: people a thousand right. bucks oh Going. God. Uh, oh. th- we're working on the new review for Il Dandy um, I've gone oh. twice now and you know it's a uh, restaurant in Bankers Hill which Bankers Hill is definitely getting a spillover effect from Little Italy being overcrowded and overpriced these days you know so it's now and there's a lot more like high rises that are, that are up for apartments and everything else and condos going into Bankers Hill so they moved into the Mr. A's building on the mm-hmm. bottom floor mm-hmm. two star Michelin chefs um, from uh, Calabria Italy they're splitting their time between San Diego Diego and Calabria. And not all perfect. Not all perfect to be quite honest with you. But I mean there was one dish as it blew me away. There's this this, um, ravioli that is stuffed with beef cheeks and they have um, Mm -hmm. an Italian um, cheese foam that goes over it. It is one of those dishes that you eat and you make those inappropriate noises and people start looking at you in the restaurant and they're like, you know, you have your when Harry met Sally moment. It's that that (laughs) dish. I'll have
0: what he's having. Go
2: have that beef cheek and cheese ravioli. It is one of the best Dishes I've had in a long time. Did you get time. the
0: salted cod thing with the with the garlicky sauce and all the fennel?
2: The only entree that I got was their chicken because that's my my test. Of no, this ri- was the
0: app. It's like a app. little one. Well, it was like a $19 bite, but it was.
2: I don't good. think that was on the menu. One of uh-huh. one of the um, the um, appetizers that we did get that was fantastic is they have like this little seared tuna um, over uh, nothing but like grape tomatoes. But they did the tuna so well because they're buying from a local family that's been fishing in PB oh. for 50 years. They're getting wow. whole fish, breaking it down themselves in kitchen, you know, and really beautiful. doing it right. They're not buying any full, um, pre-fileted fish oh. at all in the place, wow. you know. So, I mean, it's, it's a really, you have to go check it out. It's a beautiful restaurant, but don't expect too two star Michelin service and like the experience, they're meant to be more a little more casual even though the place looks really nice.
0: It is very fancy. Nice. Okay. Tip. Thanks. That's it, you guys. Um, we will link to all of this stuff at San Diego Magazine.com. Um, And I'm going to leave, leave you with our phone number really quick in case you want to call and leave us your two people 50 bucks. Uh, 619-744-0535. 619-744-0535. It's just a voicemail. We also have an email, happy hour at sdmag.com. Leave us a message. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys.
3: We it's
2: appreciate been fun. it. Thank Thanks. you. See you, Gina.